Hey, it's Scott here. Today I'm going to break down why you shouldn't join a startup. Why a startup is definitely not for you. It's another episode of the Success Story Podcast. So today uh, in Toronto and Canada, where I'm at right now, it's a holiday. It's family day. It is February 15th. And anybody who's, uh, you know, anybody who's in Canada right now is, is, at least in Ontario, excuse me, is probably not working. But I am working. Um, and why am I working? Well, uh, because right now I work essentially for a startup. Um, and I want to talk about in this video, some of the myths, uh, misconceptions, things that are sort of over-exaggerated, some of the things that probably aren't discussed enough that you should consider if, one, you're going into a career or you're pivoting in your career and you want to go work for a startup um, and you like the idea of working in tech and disruptive industries, um, really like making a difference and you feel like you want to take your career in that direction. Or if you're looking to start your own thing and you're looking to be an entrepreneur and, and run the company and, and found the company. Um, over my career, I've worked in the largest organizations in very large enterprise organizations. So some of the largest companies um, in North America. I've worked for the telecom giant Bell Canada, which is in Canada, one of the largest, uh, one of the largest publicly traded companies. So, you know, for my American friends that are watching, similar to the Verizons or the AT&T, so that level of company. Um, and if you've only worked in that type of company, the startup life or the entrepreneurial life can be very uh, persuasive. It can be very, it can be very sexy, right? You want to try something new. Um, you see all the people in, in, you know, SF in San Francisco, Silicon Valley, uh, the great jobs, the great pay, the kombucha, the ping pong tables, the bring your dogs to work, all this fun stuff that you see in startup culture. And it's, it's definitely glorified, but I want to, I want to sort of, you know, I just said at the beginning of the, uh, of this episode, I'm working on a holiday and why am I working? But let me give you a little bit of context and a little bit of background about what, you know, what's going on in my life and, and why I have a, a little bit of a say and an authority to speak on this. So right now, um, I do a lot of stuff, but in my actual nine to five in my career, um, I had sales and marketing for a startup within a much larger organization. So what does that mean? Well, if you go and look on my LinkedIn, you'll see two companies. You'll see Grass Valley, which is a 60 plus year old company. Um, they do millions, hundreds of millions in revenue, very large organization, thousands of employees. And you'll see another company, Excitem. So Excitem uh, is an OEM and an affiliate of Grass Valley. So we produce a lot of their software solutions and SaaS solutions for broadcast, as well as for other, uh, a couple different software solutions for them. Um, and my job is to basically champion and bring to market through Grass Valley, as well as through our own Salesforce, um, all of these, all these software solutions. So think about it as like a startup within a large company. And it's a lot of fun, a lot of work, but you still have, uh, you still have, you know, when you're, when you're a startup within a large company, you still deal with the same things that a lot of people in startups deal with, which means a lot of the time you have to figure stuff out on your own. Because when you're building a startup, when you're building any sort of new company from the ground up, uh, you don't have the resources. And I also want to add this on. Um, right now, of course, we do have the ability to take items and take products through Grass Valley and leverage their resources. But at the end of the day, um, we're still very much siloed. 
and and a lot of the stuff we do uh we move very quickly we're very agile and that means that we work on our own a lot and i've also worked previous to this right now um i i ran my own consulting company with with uh, two other individuals so that was a startup as it got you know building that from the ground up and part of what we did was we consulted with startups, so a lot of um, emerging tech startups out of U the University of Toronto. Uh, we worked with them to build some of their marketing strategy, uh, their take-to-market strategy, uh, to help founders really discover their brand and their voice and their founder story. Um, and I, I was doing that for about two years. So I've worked with a lot of startups, worked with a lot of different types of entrepreneurs from the ground up as well as done my own thing from the ground up. And then again, now it's sort of like a startup within a large company. So still a lot of figuring it out and not always having the resources or other people to count on to do the work. You just have to do it yourself. You have to figure it out yourself. So I wanted to speak on this topic because I've gone through the entire gamut of types of companies you can work for. Basically, I've worked with the largest. I've worked for my own. And now I've worked for a startup within a large company. So I've seen the range of support and the range of uh, types of work environments that you can basically be in. And startups are tough. Starting your own thing is tough. So um, I don't want to give you too much, you know, I don't want to waste too much more of your time before we get into it. But I really do want to highlight some of the biggest misconceptions of startups so that when you do choose to make a career pivot or you choose to change you know where you're working you can be educated now first let's speak about the benefits of startups why you should join a startup and then i'll speak about some of the the drawbacks or perhaps the misconceptions after so the benefits of a startup well when you join a startup i would say the financial or the monetary benefit would be that you can get equity in that startup so what does that mean well when you join a large company, you're just working for a salary or a paycheck. Usually when you join a startup, they don't have as much money as a large company would, which makes sense. So what they'll do is they'll give you the opportunity to um, have a piece of the company. Now, it depends on how early you get in. Um, and some startups, startup is a wide range of organizations as well, right? Startup could be a founder who just has an idea all the way through to um, you know, a series, a series B or C company uh, that has significant capital and, and is venture backed. But uh, the, there is a wide range of what is considered a startup and how much money they have. And that being said, there still is usually a really strong opportunity for equity, um, especially if you come in at more senior positions or if you come in earlier on, meaning they're like a younger company, you can get a piece of that company. So what that means is when the company raises more money or perhaps uh, the company sells, um, or there's some sort of exit event, um, or there's another round of funding or another series of funding. When that happens, that means that if you have a piece of the company or you have equity or you have shares in the company, technically you should be able to get a payout. Now, I could go on a whole video about equity and shares and types of shares and and preferential shares and, and what you should look for if you're actually looking to join a company that's giving you equity because a lot of the times um, there's different types of shares and different types of equity and if you join a company and you don't know what the company is giving you um, when they raise more money or when they sell to a, a larger organization you may not actually get that much of a payout but the holy grail would be you join a startup, you get the equity and you get the right type of equity or right type of shares. And then when they sell, you get, you know, a lot of money. And that's something that people look for. But 
I'm going to I'm going to shift this into the uh, misconce- misconceptions about startups. A lot of companies don't exit. A lot of companies fail. And if you're looking to join a startup just for the payout, there's a really good chance um, it's not going to happen. And that's the reality. It's very hard to get an exceptional payout from a startup. You have to be lucky. Um, you have to be working for the right company. You have to be joining them at the right time. Um, you know, stars have to align for this to happen. So I would say that's why people like to join startups. It's very sexy, the opportunity, but don't make that your only reason for joining startups. Um, second point, a reason why you would join startups. You will do more. You will wear many hats. You will be able to have access to all areas of the business. When you join a large company, you do your job, and that's pretty much it. You stay in your lane. And some people like that, some people don't. But if you want to learn a lot, if you're younger in your career, if you want the type of education that probably is even better than an MBA that you could get from school, definitely better than any undergraduate degree, if you work in a startup, you will learn an immense amount. You will learn everything from sales to marketing to finance, HR uh, to uh, fundraising, um, I'm trying to think what else, uh, legal, negotiation, uh, you will learn absolutely everything because you'll see it all. And you may just, obviously, any good founder will still make sure that you have very dedicated roles and responsibilities so you can be successful as an employee of a startup. But if you want to learn more and you want to discover more, nobody's really ever going to stop you. And you have direct access to literally all aspects of the business. Um, again, it, it depends on how big the startup is, but let's assume you say, you know, sub 50 individuals, sub 50 people, um, you have pretty much uh, the ability to communicate, network and learn from everybody who's doing every function within a company, which is a lot of fun. And it can really help you level up in your business acumen and your career and your general understanding of how businesses work, which can be beneficial if you ever want to uh, advance in your career. Because if you do want to advance your career, even at a larger company, it is It is smart to be able to have intelligent conversations about business topics that perhaps aren't specifically in your field, but with other executives in the organization or with other decision makers or stakeholders outside of your company. Also, if you do ever choose to start your own thing, um, working for a startup is probably the smartest thing you'll ever do because you will see all all the functions of a business in theory, how they all operate properly. And um, that will give you a full 360 of what you're going to have to know when you're going and starting your own business. So I would say those, I would say actually, if we're going to compare those two things, the payout and then the opportunity to learn, the opportunity to learn is probably the most important and the most valid reason to join a startup because the payout there's a very small chance you're going to get a really significant payout, but the opportunity to learn will always be there. And that's something that you really can use earlier on in your career. If you have the energy, you have the time to invest, invest that time in a startup and learn. And that's going to be the biggest benefit you're going to take away. Um, and I'd say the last perhaps uh, item that people like to use as a reason as to why they want to go and work in a startup would perhaps be um, the clout. They want to say they're working for something innovative, um, something you know, forward thinking, bleeding edge. I would never make a career decision based on the sexiness of the industry. I think that's setting yourself up for disappointment and fail, failure. If you work for Google, if you work for Facebook, um, yeah, it may be exciting to get the job, but just give it a month, give it three months. And if you don't like your manager, if you don't like the work you're doing, um, 
it'll be just as shitty as if you're working for uh for a less sexy company where you also don't like the people you work with or you don't like the work that you're doing if you like the work that you're doing and you enjoy the people you work with and most importantly you align yourself with a group of managers peers that can elevate you and and a lot and and basically you want your work to align with your personal and professional goals that's where you're going to be happy that that's where you're really going to succeed um that's where that's where you should be working not just because the the name of the company is the sexiest uh, because I know people that have gone into large companies and they leave because they got the job for the wrong reasons or they, they worked for the company for the wrong reasons. So out of those three reasons, money, uh, education, opportunity, learning, um, and clout, the only valid reason that you would ever work for a startup would be learning, okay? Also, um, I spoke a little bit about if you go and start your own thing. I would say that those probably those three reasons are, are very similar to why people start their own businesses. Um, money, uh, education, and perhaps clout. Entrepreneurship is a whole other beast, but I would say that if you aren't ready, if you're doing, if you're starting your own business for money, that's the wrong reason. You you probably won't be very successful. If you're starting your own business uh, for clout or for, um, you know, just to to uh, to perhaps elevate your own professional status with your peers or whatever you want to look cool with your friends or family that's the wrong reason to start a business if you're starting a business knowing that you will be learning and that's going to be the core of what you do and you will only be successful if you learn to embrace and love learning and love the process and that's why you want to start your own business that's also that's a good reason to start your own business and start and become an entrepreneur but uh, the other reasons just don't pan out now that we've covered some of the reasons why people join startups, let's speak about the reality of working within a startup versus working in a large company. And remember, I have worked in companies that were zero when it was just me to about three to five people all the way through to around 50,000 people. So I've seen the gamut of, of places you can work. In a startup, it will be a grind. You will, you will have to put out the fires. You'll have a, an extremely broad set of roles and responsibilities. Uh, there's a good chance that you won't have the same budget or the same perks that you get in a large organization. It's tough. It is tougher. Um, yes, there's, there's competing you know, uh, opinions because in a startup, it's broad. You do everything. Uh, your roles and responsibilities are very diverse. In a large organization, you are coordinating across multiple different teams and multiple different stakeholders. So there's a lot of specialization that you're responsible for, but simultaneously uh, roping in other specialists around the organization. However, on average, in a large organization, there will be less headaches, less all-nighters, less after five o'clocks, less before uh, 9 a.m.s that you have to deal with. In a startup, those are pretty normal. Unfortunately, that's the reality. Um, again, this is not gospel. This is not something that is an absolute rule across every single startup or large organization. However, I have seen and I've, I've lived through both. And it, the startups definitely trend to uh, more sporadic, more work, and, and a lot more stress for less reward than the work-life balance, the stability, and perhaps a little bit less stress and more support that you get at a large organization or a large company. Another common myth is that 
you're joining um, perhaps a more forward-looking or fun, dynamic culture. Uh, the reality is that you're probably helping craft the culture. So your influence on the company is exponentially more important and valuable for the startup. But also you have to know that what you bring in, the energy you bring in, and whatever you add on, detract, or change in the culture could become part of that company's DNA. So this leads us to one point where this, the hiring individuals in the startup, they have to be highly, they have to be very careful about who they bring in to the company. Um, but also you have to understand that not everything is going to be figured out. Not everything is going to be handed, you, handed to you on a silver platter. You are going to be contributing, crafting, and molding the culture as it grows. And if for whatever reason you don't see the value in culture or the founder or the CEO doesn't see the value in culture, those are those are horrible things to say, and that's not the case. That's not that's not true. Culture is incredibly important, even as an, especially at a startup level, where you are molding the future of the organization. So, if you don't see value in culture, don't join a startup because you're not going to want to contribute, and it's going to hurt the company, and you're going to feel friction, and you're not going to have a good time. If you're joining a startup where the founder doesn't see value in establishing a culture, you are going to feel lost aimless and you're going to feel like there's a lack of vision and cohesiveness uh, across the whole team and, and the whole company. A third reason why a startup may be hurtful or not what you expect is because it doesn't offer clear career growth. It doesn't offer the same professional development. It won't offer a career path. It's incredibly more chaotic than working in a large company. Benefits, uh, schedule, um, vacations, personal, professional development, you will find that some of these things lack in a startup environment, mostly because they haven't had the resources or the time to properly invest in them yet. So know that in a startup environment, you will not have the same comfortable, cushy experience that you would have in a large company. Fourth reason why you may not be comfortable in a startup environment, it's because things change quickly. And this is entirely dependent on your personality type. Uh, if you can work in a chaotic environment, but things will move quick. Things will change quick. Products, features, uh, roles, responsibilities, what your focus is one week may not be your focus the next week. Not saying this is great and not saying that this is the uh, hallmark of a successful startup, but it is the reality. So if you are going to work in a startup environment, be excited for change. Embrace that it will happen most likely more often than not. And that's something that will make you a stronger professional if you can embrace change quickly. Remember what I said, this is for setting yourself up. Become, being in a startup is a learning experience to help set yourself up for your future career. So use the changes, use the, the chaotic environment of what a lot of startups are to make yourself more resilient, to make yourself better in any situation so that when, wherever your career takes you in five years, whatever, um, you will have survived a chaotic environment. You'll have pivoted multiple times. You will have, you, you will have dealt with all these uh, different factors changing what you do on a daily, weekly basis. And this will make whatever you choose to do if you're going to start your own thing or if you just want to be successful in a larger organization. Or perhaps you'll better understand what to look for when you join a startup and join a better startup in the future. These are all things that will help you just become a stronger professional.
and last, but certainly not least, and something that I sort of alluded to um, over the course of this video, startups fail and they fail a lot. Knowing that you have to be okay saying, what happens if my company doesn't exist in six months from now? Are you comfortable with that level of uncertainty? And now I know that with COVID and whatnot, even people that had jobs that felt certain found out they weren't so certain anymore. So, you know, take this with a grain of salt, but um, startups in general, if you don't know what to look for when you're joining a startup, you aren't sure of the longevity or the funding or the run rate or the other talent on the team or the experience of the founder. These are all things that you would have to actually look for when you're joining. And I'll probably do another interview on, on, on how to interview a company that you plan on joining. But say you make a mistake and you join the wrong one, know that it may not be around in six months. So just keep all of these things top of mind. Just keep thinking about them as you look for other career opportunities. And these things, to be honest, are all just magnified uh, when you decide to start your own business. So all the issues are, are going to be there tenfold. But if you start your own business, um, depending on whether or not you get funding, you're just going to be 100% responsible for all of this versus if you join a startup where you're really responsible, but at least you have a small amount of support to help you out in your day to day. So if you like this video, uh, leave some comments uh, below. Let me know what your thoughts are on joining startups. Are there some benefits that I forgot about? Um, are there some drawbacks that I didn't bring up and discuss? Do you agree with the fact that maybe a startup isn't the best fit for everyone? Perhaps the learning experience outweighs the negative if somebody feels like they really want to start their own thing in the future or just be a more resilient, more well-rounded professional, perhaps regardless of all the work, maybe that actually is a benefit and that's sort of up for discussion. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it, each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash That's netsuite.com 
slash Scott Clary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn jobs and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours? That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them 
leave you feeling really accomplished. Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay. And what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. 